You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. We are getting into the Word of God, and um, like Abby said, we are in week four of our six-part series called This Is Reality. And um, over the course of six Sundays here, we're taking each week to talk about and teach on what are some of the most important things to us as a church. Um, And again, whether you're brand new or you've been here since we became a church about four and a half years ago now, uh, I hope that this will be helpful um, and exciting. Uh, in a hopeful and exciting series to explain more about what we're all about, uh, where we've been, where we're going, and so much we hope and pray God to do in our midst. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, uh, we've gone over a couple different topics. Uh, our first week, we talked about the Word of God, um, why we value it, what it is to us, why we teach on it, um, that it's our plumb line and our guide and all that. Uh, And then we talked about worship the following week, that we're to be worshipers of God and the different ways in which we worship as a church. Uh, And then last week we talked about prayer and how instrumental it is to our church, the history of of prayer in our church. And guys, today... Thank you so much for coming. Our prayer meeting was like blowing up this morning. Heeding the call to pray. uh, Just to ask God to move in and through reality Honolulu um, before service. So can't thank you enough for those that joined us this morning to pray. Um, But today, week four, we're going to be looking at discipleship and spiritual formation. Um, But before we do, join with me in praying for God to speak to us this morning. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you the ways in which you are building this community, the way in which you're meeting each of us, the way in which you're using us to serve uh, and love on the most needy in our community. We just are humbled and honored to be a part of the work and the move of God that we, we see in our midst. And God, we don't take today as coincidence, we fully believe in your sovereignty that each of us are in this room or watching this online because you desire to speak to us. And Lord, when it comes to uh, the subject of, you know, discipleship and spiritual formation and us as followers of Jesus, growing in the likeness of Jesus, we just pray, God, that you would This wouldn't just be a sermon of knowledge or of just communication. But God, we want your spirit to move today. We want to become more like you. We ask that discipleship would happen in this room even in the next 30 or so minutes. So God, we just pray you'd anoint our time, that you'd meet us where we're at. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. And uh, we just pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. So the idea of discipleship and spiritual formation, depending on 
who you are, your upbringing, how long you've been a Christian, if you've been to church or not, uh, you'll know that there are many definitions and many opinions on each of these. There's books written, I mean, for 2,000 years, the, the church has tried to figure out what's discipleship? What does a disciple mean? What, is that, what does the idea mean? And as a church, it's always been this thing of like, how do you disciple Christians? Um, but what I want to do, because that's, there's like so many ways we could go today. What I want to do is just share what I believe uh, these are, what discipleship and spir spiritual formation are, and some definitions we can use for today in our setting. Uh, so this will not be exhaustive. I can give you many books if you want to dig deeper, or there's many different opinions to this. But what is discipleship? Okay, in a nutshell, what I believe discipleship is, is breaking down discipleship into the word disciple, right? What is a disciple? Uh, we don't use that term a lot. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but that's not a regular vocab word, like, oh, to my kids, like, I'm going to disciple you today and how to take out the trash for your chore. Like, I don't say that. But really what a disciple is, is a learner or a student. But again, that, can, that definition you can muddy too because, like, I went to school for a long time, but I would say I was not a good learner or a good student. I absorbed information. I became a really good procrastinator. I crammed. I did really well in school but I wasn't a good student because nothing stuck. I got almost a 4.0, but now I can remember nothing. Um, I was a bad student and I was a bad learner. Again, we have different definitions of learners and students depending on your upbringing. But a better idea of what a disciple is that you may or may not grab hold of even better is an idea of an apprentice. So depending on your job or your life or the people around you. Like for me, I, I grew up with all my friends, um, didn't become pastors, no one did. They all adopted a trade. They're all plumbers, electricians, and construction workers. That is what my friends group do now. Uh, they do really well at doing it. But for years, what they did was they sat under someone that was better than them at that trade. And, I mean, especially for electricians, it's a long, years and years long process to go through learning the trade, to apprentice under someone that is far better, that has done it for years, and you have to put your time in learning everything. Again, every trade and every apprentice and every mentor is different. But disciple, if you think of a disciple as an apprentice under a teacher, I believe you'll get a better idea when we talk about Christianity and discipleship. Because for Christian discipleship, the teacher, the one we look to, the one we learn from, the one we want to emulate and copy and study is Jesus. So even the definition of a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, you're calling yourself a little Christ because you've emulated and you're continuing to strive to sit under the tutelage of your teacher. 
Or in Jewish culture, that would be a rabbi. A student would sit under their rabbi, their teacher. And so discipleship is really, Christian discipleship is really an apprenticeship to our teacher, our rabbi, our king, and that's Jesus. And so what Christian discipleship is, is really a process of emulating or copying or trying to soak in all of who Jesus is so that you then would also do as he did, speak as he did, think as he did. When I first got saved, uh, I was in middle school, and to help along the process of my middle school mind understanding what it meant to be a Christian, our youth group gave out the WWJD bracelets. Who had one? Yeah, guys. I'm telling you, this saved my life in middle school. As cheesy as it was, whatever. I was like, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus do that thing I'm being asked? Nope. But the idea was like, right, to copy, to emulate. What would he do? You do as he does. You apprentice him. I'm not saying bring him back, but <laughs> later you can be like, Riz, that was, you got to stop saying that. Um, but you have to understand what I'm saying. D- discipleship is apprenticeship to emulate the life of Jesus. That's what, I, that's what I believe discipleship to be. So then what is spiritual formation? Because that term is kind of thrown around, kind of in the same camp, kind of different. Some of us have a different idea of what that is. But I believe in a very similar way, at least what it's meant to say, is that it's becoming more like Jesus. But maybe the difference is maybe not just viewing discipleship as amassing more theological info and knowledge, but maybe the idea of spiritual formation is a little different in that Christ's word does inform us, but it's Christ's spirit that actually shapes us and forms us and transforms us um, in the depths of who we are. So I think there can be a slight difference there. Depending on your upbringing, depending on your understanding, right, we can fall into the trap that I did as a student where, oh, I just need to amass a bunch of knowledge and then that automatically is going to change me. And I would say a slight difference or a nuance to spiritual formation is possibly concentrating on the Holy Spirit shaping and forming and transforming us from the depths of who we are. What I'm not saying is that spiritual formation is like better than discipleship. I actually just think it's another way of saying the same thing. Again, some people are going to disagree with me on that, but I think that the goal to both is essentially the same. And I think the goal for both should be, when we talk about these things, discipleship and spiritual formation, is that at deep root levels, like our intentions, our desires, our priorities, our values, like deeply in us, and also the visible symptoms that everyone in our life sees, that both those things become formed into the image of Jesus. That on a deep level, on a surface level, with our actions, 
behind the scenes, only places that you and I know, that all that is surrendered and committed and transformed to Christ. The idea, I believe, when we talk about discipleship or spiritual formation, is that it is supposed to be more than just behavior modification. But actually, that our desires, our intentions, our priorities, our values come in line with God's. And I do think that that is a big place where Christians or religion or we can miss it sometimes. Right? Because we can think, well, I get saved and so now I'm just going to do the right thing because I just want to honor God. Sure, that's part of it. But there's much more because what God wants to do is he actually wants to change you from the inside out. He wants to actually renew and redeem and like you're born again and like you're a new creation. There's like a deep work that God wants to do in all of us as we continue to walk as disciples of Jesus. And I kind of think a nuance to that is to think of discipleship in a more holistic approach. See, what I believe to be a more well-rounded and maybe more holistic, more encompassing approach is actually combining both discipleship and spiritual formation into one. And again, I'm going to argue that they're kind of one and the same, at least for our purposes they are. That both should be pursued in all aspects. And this is what I mean. And I want you to take this to heart. Jesus cares about your whole person. Not just you spiritually, but he cares about you emotionally, mentally, physically. Like he cares about your whole person and how you're doing. Because again, sometimes, again, this is my own experience. This may not be yours. This is my own experience of being really immersed in the church and the Christian world like for like since middle school. Middle school, high school, college, and then I became a pastor when I was 21. I'm 37 now. I've just been in it. This is my experience is I, um, I for years thought this way too. I would say it's only the last few years where I've really grasped this holistic, like all-encompassing care of God. But I think we have trouble seeing it this way. Because in my experience, in the church, we tend to only concentrate on the spiritual. I'm not saying that's bad, because that's really important. But what happens is, is that what I've seen, and speaking from personal experience, is we neglect the rest. Right? We become unbalanced, unhealthy, and I think we miss out, right, on healing and the fullness of what God has. Um, even for myself, over the last few years, uh, I feel like I've, you know, because I've been, like, pastor. So that's, you know, rightfully so, mostly spiritual. This is it. You have a problem? Here's a Bible verse. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I think there's more to it. And 
my heart and our heart as a church, what we want to be a part of, is to normalize getting help, going to therapy, being well, talking about mental health, talking about emotional health, like being whole and well in all areas. And again, being a pastor for like in full time, you would call it like vocational ministry. This is all I do. This is my job uh, for 16 years now. As much as I get to be a part of the best part of people's lives, it's, a, it's the really beautiful part of being a pastor. Like a lot of times you get the insight. You get the first call when people get engaged or the pregnancy call or the praise report call. I also, though, get, I'm privied and I get to be a part of the worst parts of life. And a lot of parts that no one else knows, right? Because of counseling and whatnot. And, man, I've just seen this deep, firsthand, like, how much brokenness that we're all in. And in that, I'm not immune. The more I do this, the, I guess you say the older I get or the more I, I do this and I, and I serve the Lord and this is what I do, the more introspective I get and, and honest I am with myself, right? And, and my, my own journey where I'm, oh man, I've been doing that for, oh wow, like I, I need to grow, I need to heal, I need to grow in these areas. Not only have I seen it in others, but I see it in myself, there's like the need to be healed and to grow. So the reason I say that is, if we're, if, we're, if we're honest, all of us are in need of healing, um, right? How, depending on, like, right, our upbringing, uh, just what this world has done to us, <laughs> right? This fallen world with all its brokenness, like, we're not in heaven, we're not free of sin and the effects of sin, so all of us have been sinned against, we've sinned against others, we've all grown up probably in one way or another in unhealthy environments, some more than others, but I think all of us are in need of growth and change and healing and renewal to become as God designed us to be. And for many of us, um, again, depending on your denomination and your upbringing, like, specifically mental and emotional health isn't talked about or given attention to in a lot of Christian circles. Or even, like, you say the word therapy, and you're like, dude, don't need it. You're like, okay, well, let's talk about it a little bit more. Even for me, like, my upbringing, I had a certain way, and, you know, it, it just wasn't talked about a lot. This wasn't a thing. It wasn't, um... And again, I think there's reasons for that. But again, I think... What I'm kind of trying to get to, if you can see, I think sometimes just the theological knowledge part of discipleship can eclipse these other parts that I think are so necessary for us to love God and love others well. Again, all are important. I'm not trying to diminish anything. I'm just saying that God cares about it all and he wants us to be whole and healthy and just because you know the Bible well doesn't mean that God doesn't want to work on how passive-aggressive you are. You know what I mean? Um, let me try to explain this a little bit more. Um, 
a perfect example would be someone, and again, I think we all know these people. And again, I don't want to diminish that it might be us in this room also. So let's just be careful to not judge. Just go, okay, it might be me that Riz is talking to. Or it might, Riz, this might be me too. Um, is that, you know, these people have been Christians for a long time or they know their Bible well, and, but they've never even thought about giving any attention to emotional health. So for example, you know, you, you name it. They could have unhealthy communication or be passive-aggressive or be people-pleasers or have no boundaries, right? We all struggle with some of that. But again, I think sometimes if we exalt only the theological knowledge, only the spiritual part of discipleship, and we don't talk about and look at and examine and be open to health and change and growth emotionally and mentally that I think will be unbalanced, if you get my, my picture. So as a church, we want our discipleship and spiritual formation to be holistic. Again, we want to value all of it. We don't want to diminish any of it. But like as a first-hand example, like as a pastor, as your pastor, if you, if I, you call me that, um, I want you to know that, like, I personally am proud of this, but I go to therapy and counseling every week. Again, n- not because there's these gnarly things and I'm so messed up, and I am so messed up, just like all of us, but it's because there's areas in my own life that I need to grow, that I want to grow, I need to be better that I want to understand, that I want to be helped. And again, my, my counselor is Christian. I love that. I don't think they necessarily have to be. There's so much good and healing that can come from seeing a therapist. Um, we can talk more of that later if you disagree with me. Again, I grew up in a denomination that would, so happy to talk you through it. But I believe that God can use, when you open up, When you go there in the places where you're like super uncomfortable even listening to me, when you go there and you talk about it and you open up these places that are really painful, I believe that God can use that to bring radical wholeness and renewal to your life where other things aren't or couldn't. Again, all of this is for the goal to be more like Jesus. That's why I go. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more whole. I want to be healed. I want to understand me and why I do the things I do and why I don't do the things I do. But again, I want to, all of this, hopefully the goal is to reverse the effects of sin in our own life and get us all back to how God designed us all being a part of discipleship. You guys still with me? Not too scared. Not scared away. That said, I believe there's no right way to disciple. Now, again, many would maybe disagree with me on this, but for those of you that have been to, in the church world, all of us churches, uh, you know well, we all are attempting to make disciples. And so... Uh, We try as best we can, and we have a lot of different programs. Oh, discipleship should only be one-on-one. It should only be small group. It should only be with an older person and a younger person. That's discipleship. 
Every church has a different idea, and there's different seasons in every church where we switch up how it is to disciple because we're all trying to figure it out. I think maybe all of those can work in certain ways and at certain times. I'm not disagreeing because I've been through all of those programs and I've done all those programs and all have value. But I would just say that there's no certain science when it comes to discipleship and spiritual formation. And this is why I think that. A prime example is how Jesus did it. So Jesus had 12 disciples. And what was the program there? It was on-the-job training. It was three years walking with Jesus and fishing with Jesus and eating with Jesus. It was him teaching them and it was him showing and modeling the kingdom of God. It was a watch-as-you-go type of discipleship, right? It wasn't an eight-week course, and there wasn't a syllabus. For the 12 disciples that Jesus had, the discipleship program was very much fluid and on-the-go and not really structured at all, actually. But in a nutshell, it was this. It was being proximate to the presence and power of Jesus that brought change. Right? The disciples, there was a desire for them to soak up, adapt, and learn from him. He was their rabbi. They were the students. He was a teacher. They were the learners. So they walked, and they watched him, and they learned from him. For three years, they did life with him, and they began to look like Jesus. There's one thing I can give you, and if you're taking notes or want to take a picture of the screen, if you take home, what did Pastor Riz talk about today? Discipleship, what's the one main thing I want you to get today? It's this. It's that true, deep, and lasting Christ-like discipleship, I believe, comes from being proximate to the power of God with a willingness to allow it to change you. I think that's what happened with the disciples. And I think that's what we see in Scripture. Is that true and deep and lasting Christ-like discipleship comes from being proximate to the power of God. But with a willingness to allow God to change you. Right? Not only like the experience of the 12 disciples with Jesus, but when Jesus charged the 12 disciples... He died, he rose again, he was about to ascend to heaven. He's out. This is his final speech. He's leaving them. And they're all freaked out about it. He's telling them in turn, like the baton is yours. It's your turn to disciple the world now. I'm gone. I've done it. I've, I've been with you for three years. I've done all that I can do. Here's the Holy Spirit. Now it's your turn. Again, if you don't know, the baton is actually passed to us now. The baton is in this generation's hand. It's in us in the room. It's all the Christians in the world. This is us. It's the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Many of you guys probably have it memorized, but this is what Jesus told his disciples. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I commanded you. Be sure of this. 
I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay. So what was the, what was the program that Jesus told them to do? Again, it's pretty vague. Go into the whole world and teach them and baptize them. But right around there, end of Matthew, beginning of the book of Acts, he says, don't do any of this until, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and empowers you. You need me to do this. You're not supposed to do this on your own, but the power of God in you is supposed to do this. Again, I think it's pretty vague because ultimately, God does use us with discipleship. But ultimately, it's by his word, through the power of his spirit, with a willing heart. That's how I believe the process of discipleship happens, and it results in change. For us, as a local expression of God's big church, what we as a church strive to offer and, and, and pray and, and try to allow space for is that all of us would encounter Jesus, that we would be proximate to Jesus, and that we would encounter the power and the presence of God, and that our prayer is, is that all of us would have a willing heart, that in the presence and power of God, we would change. And so we do that even with Sunday, we do that on Sundays with worship and prayer meetings and the Word of God. We try to provide a steady flow of the word of God, um, followed up by, we call them discipleship resources. If you go on the website right now, there are deeper discussion questions into the sermon that's supposed to prompt heart change. And go on every single week on the website and, and dig into those discipleship resources. It's also like a main reason why we would put on equip classes on Tuesday nights is that we want you to know the person of Jesus and his word and what he says, and we're praying that the living, active word of God changes us and we become more like him. Right? These are why we do all Hana groups and community building and service opportunities. It's all with the hopes that it would promote deep-rooted Christ-like change in all of us. So to leave us with a, a few application questions for all of us to dwell upon, think about, pray over this week, it would be, is this. In the idea of how we might grow more in this as a church, I think simply it's to ask ourselves this question. Do we think of ourselves as a student of Jesus? Or better word, apprentice. Do, we, do you think of yourself as that? Because we should. Because if you do, if you think that way, it'll, it'll actually put you in a different posture. Let me give you an example. Uh, say it's a Sunday. If you just come to church to come to church, we're happy you're here. But... If you're a Christian coming to church, and, and this is the time where Jesus is going to speak to you through his word and through his spirit, even on the drive here, or even just quickly, I think a helpful, be, helpful way to, to approach a Sunday would be, Lord, speak to me today. 
Open my heart to hear from you. I want to soak in all that you have and I want all that you are for me right now. Church, it's so busy sometimes to come to church that we forget to do that. But if there's one way I can encourage you is actually to posture your heart differently even coming to church on a Sunday. Or even like the equip classes on Tuesday nights. It'd be like, Lord, I want to learn everything about you. Like in the same way, if you were like a young 20-year-old apprentice and you really wanted that job at that company, what would you do? You would like study on your off hours. You'd get there early. You would posture yourself on the job site like soaking it in, practicing. Let's think of our walks with the Lord in the same way. Let's emulate Christ in the same way. Some other questions would be is, are we actively seeking the things of God and applying them to our own life? Because, again, there's a difference there. Sometimes we can just sail through Christianity. Like, I'm just going to change when God wants me to change, which is good. But also, even I think maybe a better way is go, okay, There's all these areas that I need to change and you actively pursue God to say, God, help me change that. Ask other people to pray for you. Go to counseling. Go to therapy. Get help. Grow. Become more like Jesus. Be an active participant. And also a question would be is, do you want to change uh, that God has for you? Because some of us are a little nervous. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good in life. I'm doing well. So I would encourage you to ask yourself, are you open to the change God wants in you? Are you open-handed, willing to receive and surrender and say, God, I want all you have for me? Because I think for as a church looking forward, I mean, my heart, and I hope your heart too, is that all of us would become more like Jesus. That if people say, oh, reality, I heard about that church. And when they begin to describe the people that go to that church, it sounds like Jesus. Like that, that's my heart, is that our life would emulate the life of Jesus. And to live into that, it starts with each of us. Because we're all members of one body, and all our lives matter. Each member in this church matters equally. So I want to challenge us that it starts with each of us. To continue to pursue discipleship and spiritual formation. To desire to grow into the person of Jesus. So it starts today. And so I want to encourage you as we enter into this second set of worship to whether that be turn to someone next to you and pray over these things or go up to the prayer team and pray about this or come to the carpets and kneel before the Lord and asking him to change or maybe it's being still, maybe it's standing up and raising your hands, but really to actively engage and ask God to continue to grow us and make us more like him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you love us and you care about us and you desire wholeness and healing and restoration and that you're not a God that is just this distant, 
God that's not concerned about our life. Thank you that you very much care about like what we've gone through. You care about how we're doing. You care about our mental well-being and our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being. You care about us as a people. And Lord, we just, we say yes and amen to all that you have. God, we do not want to inhibit your work in our life, but we want to live into the fullness of what you have. We don't want to miss it. Thank you for that reminder. And as, as those that in, in this room that call ourselves Christian, that call ourselves followers of Jesus and disciples, we ask that you would continue to disciple us, Lord. We want to put ourselves under your tutelage. We want to emulate the life of Jesus. So not only would we help us to learn more about who you are, but Holy Spirit, transform us into the person of Jesus. That the world that desperately needs you, God, would see uh, Christ in us. That we would model it. That we would be ambassadors and representatives of Christ's love to the world around us. Pray that you would uh, continue to meet us in the second set of worship now. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.